0: to the greatest event.
1: Return to the place where we left him. Where is Jesus? I prayed for God to lead my way, that his will for me be known. All he asks is that I wait. steps I fail him many times I only have my Selfish thought in mind you had the best intentions for the goals you set in life, your relationship in God secure, but the fellowship is.
2: I don't know if getting that on is going to help me be on. Let me say that I appreciate you coming today. Appreciate this great number of people. And I'm pretty sure that probably during the week, it's going to be a large number. You know, we'll we'll be packed out before services are concluded. And we're so thankful to God I was thinking about Brother David's talking about praying mule. L P. Meyer said a man that rarely seeks him in the morning will scarcely find him all the day. That's
1: good.
2: I thank God for prayer for the privilege that God has given us to pray. And for men like uh, Brother Dave was talking about Mueller, for men that God has put in our life that pray. I I guess I probably met your dad mom before, but I don't remember. I'm glad to meet y'all. And I'm thankful that... uh, that God has put Brother Jamie here. I'm thankful that God's put uh, young men. I I look around. I I was with a young man. I was with two young men last Sunday. And um, I thought to myself, preacher, I said this, it's been a great joy uh, through the years Holy Ghost laid on my heart years ago. I said, Lord, is, is there something that I can do all the time? Not just occasionally preach, but all the time. And this verse, I opened my Bible and began reading, and this verse stood out to me, and it's been there ever since. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his vineyard. Amen. Uh, to have a young man of God that's got God in his life, oh, how, how important that is. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. I cannot tell you how important that is, and I tell churches, I want to be specific and tell you today, like I would every church across this country, we'd better thank God a lot of the older men are dying off. They're leaving us. And uh, I'm well enough aware of the fact I'm not going to be here forever. And I'm grateful to God that he's letting me have these years that he's given me. And uh, some of us have got a little age on us, won't be here forever. But I want to bless the Lord that he has been so good to let us enjoy the good life that we have had. And, uh, but I, I'm thrilled in my heart at God placing these young men. <clears throat> Brother Sammy Allen was laboring in the field there at Concord all these years. I preached his, uh, I believe it was 57th anniversary. Just a little while back. And I remember the old church building. I remember all, all the facets of how God has touched and used the camp. And you never know what God's going to do in this camp this week. That's right. You never know what the Lord's going to do. And uh, we just want to be submissive. And It's like Brother David mentioned there a moment ago in his teaching that we just need a touch from God. And really, it, it, if we could just get here, it, it really doesn't matter who's doing the preaching. I'm looking forward to hearing Brother Dane. I love him and appreciate his ministry. He's got a uniqueness about his preaching, as well as a lot of young men. They're all different. But I'm glad that God's got his touch on the young preachers of our day. Amen. You won't find that everywhere. I know that every church doesn't is not blessed with uh, men that know God. But uh, I'm thankful that uh, you have a preacher that's going to do a great work here. And we're going to pray that God will meet his every need and take care of him. I know that the people will take care of him. And so we're just so glad that God has blessed us to be here today. Well... I talked to the pastor and I said uh, in my heart I wanted to kind of preach on this uh, resurrection period and uh, what I thought about in closing on was the empty tomb but I've got something that's in my heart today it's uh, standing out above everything and uh, I want to try to do that which God is pleased with. I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of Genesis. We'll come to the closing of the book. And I want to read a few verses that's found in the Word of God. (coughs) You'd like to stand with us? I'm in the last chapter, chapter fifty. Verse number 22. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim. Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Makar, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And this is what the church needs to be blessed by. God will surely visit you. I'm glad that God revealed that to Joseph. And said, as God visits Israel, and bring you out of this land, Egypt is a bad land to live in, unto the land which He swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you. And here's the emphasis I want to talk about today. And you shall carry up my bones for mens." So Joseph died being 110 years old. And they embalmed him And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Lord, as I humble myself before the throne of the grace of God. I'll pray for John today. He's preaching out yonder somewhere. And the young men across America standing in the pulpit, they're sounding out the Word of God. I want to thank you for these young men. I want to thank you for sending Jamie here. And I pray that the power of God will rest upon his life and upon the people of God as they hear him. And I pray that you will encourage him and strengthen him and fill him with the power of God. I thank you, Lord, for the power of preaching. And I pray that you would take the Word of God as you did in the Sunday school hour. Speak to our hearts and help us, Lord. We're hungry people to know the will of God for our life and to walk with Thee. So bless now this church and bless this time of meeting together. Bless this camp meeting, Lord, and what you want to do this week. I don't realize what all you want to do. But I pray, oh God, that you will have your way. Lord, help us just to get here and assemble together. And, and more than anything else, wait upon the touch. And may you touch the preaching that's done. The singing that's done. Thank you for the songs that encourage our heart today. And uplift us. And as the preacher said, Easter is every day. We're so glad, Lord, that we serve a resurrected Christ. Now bless this Word of God for whatever single purpose that you had in mind. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. As you be seated, in my study of the Old Testament along through the years, there are four cemetery grounds In your Old Testament. There's Egypt which is the burial place of the world. People that live in the world are excited by the world. They they want to be what the world is. And they die. And they're buried there. Moab is a burial ground for the backslide. A great man filled the shoes of that place called Moab. God rightfully took him upon that mountain and did right in the sight of the Lord, but he was placed in Moab. There's Babylon, burial place of the apostate. And oh, if we minds just off into into the area of the New Testament where men apostasize and the warnings that Jude gives us and others gives us concerning apostasy, and oh the danger of dying and being buried in Babylon. And then there's Canaan, the land that Joseph grew up in. The land that is intended of God. It's, it's a spiritual land. It's a, it's a land where spirit-filled people are. And we're not discussing, you know, heaven is much more than Canaan. But Canaan is a spirit-filled life. Joseph come down to the close of his days and his life is drenbling out of him. And he said, I want you to gather around. He said, I've got a request that I want to make to you. One thing for sure I know, God will hear and answer prayer and He will visit His people. One hope we've got is that if we belong to God somewhere, friend, He's going to show up in our life. I could almost see Harold coming down the aisle. She was rejoicing. He's coming, friend. Oh, what a joy to be able to come to the end of this way and know that God will visit you. I don't understand what it will all be like when I get ready to go, but I know He'll be there told my wife, I said, don't put no ventilators on me. I said, I'm not being critical of the doctors and the nurses and the people that do it, but I want God to be there in my heart and my life. I don't want that heavy sedation and get you on out of here to where you're going. Let me say this. Joseph said, "I've got a request to be made to you." Well, I thought as I wrote it down, I said, "Kind of figured, you know, as I was writing, what what I, what 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 was Joseph say?" Actually, what he's saying is, he don't belong here. Mm-hmm. This lifestyle in Egypt was not his, and he lived above the Egyptian life and lifestyle. And then I think it's a proof text all through from Genesis 37 on. It's a proof text that Joseph never lived there. Here's what he said. He said, carry up my bones from hence. Now he didn't expect God to move quick. He said, by the time he comes I'll be bones. But said, I want you to gather my bones up out of the Hewn tombs. And I want you to carry them out. Here's what Joseph is saying. I never lived here. And I don't want to be left here. I don't belong to the world. I don't belong to Egypt. And I want to live. I want to be where God is best me to be. In Genesis 37 I want to talk to you a little bit about the three coats that Joseph wore. In Genesis 37, the Bible said that I want to read you a verse two. Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. Now this is amazing here in verse number 2. These are the generations of Jacob and he only mentions Joseph. Joseph, the Bible said, being 17 years old, he's very young. By the way, I want to say this all of you that are still young. You're not married yet. Please get to God before you get to anyone else. Me,
1: yes.
2: Nothing is more important or vital in this life than to be sure that your relationship... My mind is tripping everywhere, but way back on in the days when God set forth a standard in the home with Adam and Eve. When God gave Eve to Adam, it was a perfect environment. And Adam had spent so, I could use the word years, but no use in time. It's, It's an eternity with Adam. It's hard to tell how long Adam spent with God. But he spent much, much, much time before time really is beginning. And Adam... Was God's creation. And what Adam did is what you need to learn to do, and that is to spend time with God before you ever have the loneliness for Eve or for the other partner. Now I got to get off that. I'll get running rabbits. I must say to you that when Joseph was a young man, he was very close to God. He was a He was a shepherd of the flock of his father. Now, what I'm trying to say is, when you look at this, the Bible said in verse number 3, you see, Joseph had 12 sons. Jacob had 12 sons. And and verse number three says, "cause his his name has been changed, you know, from Jacob to Israel." And he said, "Israel loved Joseph." Now this is a partial situation, and it ought not be, but it was more than all his children. You can't deny the fact that. Well, uh, my grandchildren. Uh, it's hard for me to express to you that my children says I, I don't, I don't talk to them like I talk to them. <laughs> something about when you, in age gets on you, uh, how you look at things differently. But anyhow, uh, the Bible said he was the son of his old age. Now it doesn't really matter um, how many children you have. And and by the way, if a man has twelve children, he's been caring for twelve children, he's he's up in age. But anyhow, what God is saying is that he showed special attention to that. Now, Rick drove us down today, and I appreciate him getting to be here and the good song that he sang. But Rick said that when he was a little boy, he said we had tea. And I never thought much about that. I guess probably that's all we did have. Said when Teresa was born, said she come along so we had Kool-Aid. <laughs> he talked like that's a step up from tea. Kool-Aid. But he said, when Sam, Sam was born nine years after Teresa was born, we, we didn't think we'd have any more children. But along with that situation happening, when Sam was born, Ricky said, we had Pepsi Cola. <laughs> now you talk about stepping up. He said, we stepped up in life. There's something, I don't know what it is and I can't explain it, but there's something about the nature of people when they respond to that last child. And it was great love showed to him. In fact, here's what the Bible said. The Bible said he made him a coat of many colors. I don't understand all of that, but I do know that he was trying to Elaborate in that child's life how important that child was to him. And listen, I think we ought to, we ought to love all of our children, treat all of them the same way. There shouldn't be any differences made. And I think that everybody understands that and wants to do that. But for the sake of Joseph, God's got a plan. Let me let me just say this to you. God's got a plan for your life. Yeah. Amen. And if you're young, saturate yourself on the fields of Amen. labor with the Lord and for His dad and whatever else He had to do. Uh, carry, carry every weight that you possibly can in your young life. Whenever this life passes on, it, and you grow into other areas of life... In other words, this is not the only coat you're going to wear. Amen. You can be thankful for that. Well, I move along. I'm going to move pretty fast now because I want to say something to you. Now, the Bible says in this chapter, said that these children, these these, you see, Joseph dreamed this dream. And he told them, he said, now all of the family, he's talking about mom, dad, and all, he said all of them was like sheaves out in the field. Bundled sheaves out in the field. And he said they were all making obeisance to this bundle. Me. <laughs> Boy, God had to take that flashing flare out of his life. He'll take it out of yours too. And it'll have to be there, out of there. Because in this chapter we find these brethren of his, they got upset with him. And when his father sent him out there to see about them, he got lost in the field and then he finally found them. And then here's what the Bible said in verse, in chapter number 37. Let me look at it here. It said in verse number 23, it said it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren, That they stripped Joseph out of his coat. His coat of many colors. That was on him. Um, It was a very blessed present given to Joseph. But you understand that God can only use the present given you as it is glorifying God. And so I find here that in this testimonial here, that the Bible said in verse number 31, that they took Joseph's coat, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the coat in the blood. Now Joseph loses his first coat. And the coat that he loses... It's a present given to him. And by the way, I want to say this to you. No matter how good God has been in your life, you remember that he has the right to give and to take away. Amen. And he has a right to deal with your life. In fact, let me just stop and say this. Our next event in Joseph's life, and I'll quickly move through Joseph's life. And I'm not going to preach on the whole book of Genesis. But as you look there, you'll see That Joseph is going to end up in a pit. They're going to sell him to the Midianites. Hopefully they have got rid of the big sheaf in the field. (laughs) They broke the heart of their dad. But they were pretty upset with him. Loving him more than any other. By the way, I'll stop and say this to you. Did you know that God let Joseph's brethren take his first coat off? Now, I want to say this to you. I've been there many times. I've been in camp meetings. Lord, have mercy the camp meetings that I've been in three times a year in Rissaka for over 40 years. And let me say this to you. Camp meetings all across this country, and they're good. But I've been there a lot of times when I thought I was really where I ought to be and some preacher got up in the pulpit and God let my brethren take the coat off. What about that? But you see, it's all for our, purpose, all for our good because you see, <coughs> the prison and the palace are ahead of our life. We don't know where God's going to use us. We don't want to think about God using us down in the prison. We don't want to think about God using us in the pit. But wherever God has to place us to use us, it will be worthwhile. And Joseph passed that great test because when I go on into these chapters, I realize that the Bible tells us that God continually blessed Joseph. In fact, over in, let's see, verse number, chapter number thirty-nine, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, and the officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had uh, brought him down thither. And the Lord, watch this, please, yes, sir. was with Joseph. And the Bible said he was a prosperous man. (laughs) So I don't know. I know that when he gets under Potiphar's household and Potiphar gives him the right to rule his whole house, Potiphar made a stipulation with him. He said, now you can do anything and everything. You have the power over my estate, but don't touch my wife. But I want to say this too, you don't have to tell a man that that's living for God.:
0: That's right. Amen.
2: Somehow or another, in prosperity, as Joseph moves along in life, he's doing great, and in his prosperous life, God gives him another coat. I don't know what it looked like. it didn't have many colors. But it was pretty fascinating to that woman. And she probably thought he's uh, you know, Joseph's just 17 when he starts out. And Joseph's a young man. And he's sold as a young man. He's put down in the pulpit, done away with, sent, sent the coat of many colors back to his dad, and he mourns. In fact, the Bible says that his his dad was in such mourning, he said he'd rather he'd rather die with this on his heart. He's lost. The greatest thing he ever had. That little son. They tore Jacob's heart out. But then Joseph is tormented by this adversity that happens in his life. He's he's wearing this coat that is from the prosperity. Joseph found grace, the Bible said, in his sight and served him. Verse number 4. And made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put into his hand. It looked like to me that Joseph is probably living about as prosperous and blessed life as a person could live. But in all of this, Joseph had something beyond a coat. And you're going to have to have more than a coat to gather your life through this journey. All right. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible said in verse number seven, it said it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, "Lie with me." But here's what the Bible said. But he refused. Now, now there's a basis for his refusal. So I want you to come on down with me in verse number nine. He said, "There is none greater in this house than I." Look at the position by which I have been given authority. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Okay. Because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? That's, that's true. How can I do this sinful wickedness? Then he said, and sin against God. When Joseph lost this coat, he kept his character. The thing you've got to have more important than any coat that you wear, any fascinating lifestyle, any prosperity that you have on your side, anything God's doing for you is a great blessing but it will never benefit you like the character that God puts and stills in you to be everything that God wants you to be. Character is the reason Job's backed away. Over and over repeatedly, he went to the prison. In the prison, I'll just throw out some statement. This is the way the Lord wanted me to, to demonstrate it. Joseph gets into the prison. Some of us would like to skip areas of our life. But did you know that there would have never been a palace in Joseph's life without a prison? Somehow or another, we've got to realize that whatever God is doing in our life, though it may be, I mean, it may be heartbreaking. It may shake us to the foundation, but whatever God's doing, he's doing it for our good. pointed that out this morning, so glad. hey he met up with the Chief Butler and chief Baker you know that that chief Butler was pretty happy that things happened the way that it did and and he clean forgot this man helped him here in this prison. <laughs> and he clean forgot about him after he's gone. And that's the way it happens so often with a lot of people. Uh, you can't hardly do enough to satisfy. Them. But you know, here's what happened. And by the way, critics may show up at the camp meeting. But if you'll come and you'll have an open heart. And you'll come to hear the Word of God. You'll come to hear singing. Whatever happens, when the pastor gets up and he says, this is what God wants done, just go ahead and act upon it and do it and whatever happens will be God's will. I believe that with all my heart. And if the touch of God happens in mine and your life, who cares about the critics that go to camp meeting for a meal in a motel? Y'all don't take that serious. <laughs> Let me say to you that it's very important that we come to this meeting. I'll be here tomorrow night with the help of the Lord. And I promise you, we won't have anything in mind but whatever God Amen. wants to do. And whatever God uses, the man of God and the singers and, and whoever is here, whatever happens, it don't matter if there's any preaching at all. It just matters that the touch of heaven is in our heart. Yes, and we leave this place on Monday night knowing that God has met with us. Amen. This thing about a routine and, and we just need to get out of it in here. Now I want to say this. It's, it's very vital, very <coughs> that uh, Chief Baker thought because there's a good result given of the dream. Joseph is a dreamer. And the good result that is given seems to point to the fact maybe I ought to see if I'm going to get a good deal out of this. <laughs> it turned out to be a bad deal for the Chief Baker. But because... Somebody got spared. It makes every man that dreams dream on. I love Buster, Buster Seaton, and Buster preached that great message years ago. We was up in the count meeting up there, uh, brother Sammy's meeting, and he preached on dream on, dream on, dreamer, dream on. <laughs> and I want to tell you something: if God puts anything in your heart. He'll take it. He'll bring it to pass. Wow. And if it hadn't have been for this prison and prison life, and sometimes we get frustrated because we go through problems and trial and so forth in our life, but everything that God puts us through, He puts us through it for a purpose. Yes, sir. After a while, we're going to be wearing a coat Woo, we're not worthy of. Uh-huh. After a while, we're going to be on the other side. But even until this life is over, God will fix Joseph into everything that God wants him to be. God will get him where he wants him to be. And if it hadn't have been for a dream in life, he could have never made it to the palace. Now I'm not going to preach all day. I'm closing out right here. I want you to know that wherever your heart is, where you want to live. Now, Joseph is moved over into Egypt. God is blessing him. God's taking care of him. God is meeting his many needs. And, and God has put him somewhat on a pedestal. He's not just um, thrown in the pit anymore, but he's prospered and blessed. And And although he had to go to prison and it was it, it was not it was not her life as she testified that was being questioned no, but all oh, that man of God that stayed his character was so right before the Lord until one of these days character is going to bring him through these dreams and so Joseph ends up. In the end of the days, making statements to he said, "I never lived here. This is not my lifestyle. what they accuse me of uh, in fact, there was a statement here uh, Joseph made it uh, he said he said uh, let me let me look at chapter forty and verse number fifteen for I indeed for indeed i." was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. You know what Joseph is saying? I'm clean. My life is clean. My character is clean. I was right. I was not wrong. I was, I was not doing anything sinful but said I was taking advantage of. And you may go through your life and work into some of the greatest hardships you ever thought about. But I'll promise you one thing. One of these days, God will grant you your last request. Now here's Joseph's last request. I want to be put back in Canaan because it's not my heart's desire. Never wanted to live here. And I'm not interested in going any further. Now I want to say this to you. If God has been good to you and blessed you with a good life, God's let you have a mom and dad that taught you right, God's let you have, let you have friends that live right around you, oh what a joy it is to be able to, to have a place like that to live. And you don't ever want to go anywhere, even if God's blessing you where you are. The hope of it, of Joseph's family is that when they, come up to Egypt they're protected and cared for but I want to say this to you no matter how good God has been to you Egypt is not the place for you to live That's right. our hearts desire ought to be that we live everywhere that God is pleased with I want you to pray for Brother Dean that God will say to him what we need to hear will speak to all of our hearts and help us. Yes. I want to thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. Yes. We'll get someone to come play. Let me say this to you if you are not where you ought to be, and you know the need of getting back to God, it's like the song said, you go back if there's a need to be. Let's do what God wants you to do. Follow the Lord. Be everything that God wants you to be. Let's stand together. Father in heaven, as I call upon you, I thank you for the pastor. And I pray you will bless the man of God. Help him to know how to close this service out. Bless the preachers everywhere as they're closing their message today. I pray that the will of God be accomplished and done. Anyone that needs to come to an old-fashioned altar of prayer, needs to start a count meeting out in the right way, I pray that You would help us to do that. Help us to seek You early. And Lord, help us. We'll be able to sense Your direction all day. And we'll thank You for what You do. In Jesus' name. All right, Pastor will be down here at the front. Holy Spirit, deal with your heart. Feel like you need to come to an old-fashioned altar of prayer. I'll promise you one thing. The Lord is capable of helping us if we'll just let Him.